hey, welcome to Transform Pain to Power, the podcast about what it really takes to resolve pain and the simple, unconventional yet proven techniques to get you there most quickly. Listen in for high-level creative conversation to inspire you to engage with the life that you want in a body that you love. Hello and welcome to episode 19. So nice to have you here today. How's it going in your world? My world is doing pretty good, which is something that I am celebrating because it's not always been doing good, but I love just acknowledging that for a moment, just acknowledging that things are going well and that the reason for that is that I am working hard on it. I'm working on it. And if that's happening in your world too, acknowledge yourself for that. Give yourself a little bit of credit for all that you do. I've had some wonderful client conversations this week that have been so inspiring. I just love it when I get on the phone with clients and it's been a week and I can tell, first of all, that they're eager to talk to me, that they've had some personal breakthroughs that week from where we left off from last week and they're just eager to get back on and further the conversation and further their growth. It's so rewarding and also to see that they look different. It's amazing. It's like seeing the same person change, seeing the same person become lighter, brighter, more fresh in their demeanor. It's like a new lease on life is what it sort of appears, which is so interesting because all we're doing is working with thoughts and untangling thoughts and clearing the clutter and identifying things inside our mind, right? And this is the effect. The effect is physical. Yes, it's energetic. Yes, but it's also physical. You can see it with your eyes. Of course, they can feel it and you can feel it in yourself when you have that kind of an experience, but you can see it in other people. Um, so it's a wonderful thing to see. And I so appreciate when people show up willing to show up for themselves in that way and go through that process because it's not always easy. It's not like the hardest step is choosing to show up. And you're doing that in part by coming here to this podcast and learning what you can. So that's awesome. So congratulate yourself for that. And, you know, take that in that you're showing up for yourself in this way. And that is a very tricky thing to do. I signed up with a coach this week myself. Yeah, showed up for myself. And that was really hard. It was so hard. I didn't realize because it had been a long time how hard it was going to be. But it was a wonderful thing for me to experience because I know what it's like, you know, on your end and making that choice or coming to make that decision or thinking about it, you know, reaching out to get help. It's a big, it's a big step. It's a big move and it requires courage. It requires some belief, not just in the coach really, but in yourself to be able to do the things that you imagine or go through the process that you need to go through. So there's a lot, it takes a lot of courage to make that move for yourself. So if you are in that place 
where you are coming to coming into that place of courage, coming into that place of desire for needing change and wanting to create that in your life, then reach out to me because I am accepting new clients right now. You could do that. You could hop on a call and we could chat for about 30 minutes and just figure out uh, what's going on with you, what might be the best path for you, and whether or not I would be able to help you myself. So I will put a link in the show notes so you can easily find that super easy and take action on that by clicking. All right, so this week, I want to tell you a little bit about my experience with some of the things I've been talking about, the concepts and the ideas. When these things are only talked about in the theoretical, it can be really difficult to feel the immediate relationship or the direct relationship as it plays out in your real life on a day-to-day basis. So I want to talk a little bit about that. Because not only is there a misunderstanding about pain itself, where it comes from and what it is, but also a misunderstanding around words themselves. And when we don't actually look at the words and question the words that we're using and really pay attention to them, it's easy to miss when they come into our lives, when these situations are present in our lives or how they're present in our lives. So I want to take that apart a little bit and I'm going to just start with the term chronic pain. It's been tricky for me in trying to communicate with people because when I, look, the definition of chronic pain is that you have had pain for at least two months, other sources say three. So around the two to three month mark. And the reason is that we know that the body tissues heal within that period of time. So if there is still pain, we know that it's not related to the tissue itself, but something that's happening more in the nervous system. Now this is, as in every situation, an estimate, you know, and we're talking about applying an estimate to millions of people. So you have to look at your specific situation. And in some cases, people will have pain when they've never had an injury, right? There's never been any tissue damage. It just feels like that. And that is chronic pain in, from the outset, really. But it's hard to know that without other uh, qualifiers, without other markers, I should say. Um, and, and I think it's interesting because I've really struggled with how to call it. What do I call it? Chronic pain, persistent pain, ongoing pain, because I know that I have an idea about what chronic pain looks like and the image and the circumstances surrounding that are pretty severe. There's something about the word chronic that just seems intense. And this is my personal interpretation around the term chronic pain. I don't know what your interpretation is or how you think about it, but in my own little mind or big mind, (laughs) 
<laughs> depending on my mood and how I'm feeling about myself. Um, in my mind, uh, it is it seems like a severe thing. Chronic pain seems severe. And the reason I bring it up is that in my own life, I experienced chronic pain without even realizing that that's what I was experiencing, that that's what was going on for me. There were three periods of time uh, where my chronic pain became debilitating and limiting in terms of my life and kind of taking over my daily experience where my life was kind of just infused with pain all the time. And this happened the first time when I was a new mom for the first time. And then when I had back pain, it came out of nowhere later, several years later. And then again, when I was starting my business, ironically, to help people with chronic pain, um, and found that very stressful. (laughs) The beginning, it was so stressful. Um, And none of those times did I realize that what I was experiencing was chronic pain. I didn't think about it like that. It just, those weren't the words or that wasn't the term that I would, that I used or that I would have used because it didn't match my idea about what chronic pain was or the kind of person that would have chronic pain. I was still very active. I was going to work. I was living my life. It was just bothersome. I was living my life with pain and I could still do all the things and concentrate for the most part and sleep for the most part and hang out for the most part. It was just that it was harder. Yeah. And the pain itself was, as I said, bothersome. And in every other way, as far as I could tell, I was healthy. So, ah, the other thing is that people wouldn't necessarily have known. Nobody would have looked at me and have been able to tell that I was in pain unless I was telling them about it. So for myself, that just didn't fit the picture of a person with chronic pain. It's so interesting that we don't realize we have all these ideas, these beliefs that are seemingly set in stone. We just accept them for what they are uh, and without even realizing that we've made a decision and because the decision wasn't intentionally made. It became something that we acquired through our experience of living our life. So chronic pain and pain in general and all the kinds of things that stem from that can often come with a perception that keeps us from seeing things in ourselves and things in our own lives in a way that would allow us to tend to them. Because we experience ourselves in our lives from the inside, right? And we are so familiar with what it's like to be inside ourselves and our lives 
that unless something really dramatic happens, we're just kind of incrementally acclimating to little changes here and there. So we little by little acclimate ourselves to pain because often it starts small or it starts before we even realize what's happening just every now and then. And often when I talk to people and we look back because once it kind of goes to that high level where it's starting to really limit your life and it's shouting at you, it can be hard to trace back in our memory because we've acclimated little by little by little by little and we don't remember because we are just who we are. It's like a child doesn't remember growing, right? They don't, re- you don't remember getting taller. You just are who you are in that moment and you're experiencing yourself at whatever age, at whatever height in that moment. So it's not until you really clearly look back and start to look into specific situations or areas through throughout your life, you start to see a connecting thread because often people will feel like, where did this come from? But when we look back, we can see that it has been there the as a possibility or building for a long time, much longer than we usually realize. And the pattern that pain stems from is there before the pain, right? The pattern that chronic pain stems from is there before the pain. And our system can withstand a certain amount of stress and tension. And then it gets overwhelmed and it can no longer withstand it. And that's when it starts to produce the pain. But still, we might not think of it as chronic pain. We might experience it as, you might experience it as a, the, a diagnosis. So instead of thinking of it as chronic pain, you might think of it as, oh, I have dis, uh, degenerative disc disease, or oh, I have scoliosis, or oh, I have a pinched nerve, or whatever it is, you might think of it like that. Or you might think of it like a bum knee or a weak knee. Or you might think of it in terms of your genetics. Oh, arthritis runs in my family. Whatever runs in my family. This has been handed down to me. And so we think the way that we think about ourselves and the way that we classify these words affects our ability to see and recognize what is going on and therefore do what's needed to address it, to bring about the change that you want in your life or in your body, however you're thinking about it. So it's important to get clear on the thoughts that you are continually thinking about that are keeping you in this place, keeping you from taking the action that you need in order to experience a change. Because change is not going to happen without you taking some action. Change is not going to suddenly 
arrive one day at your doorstep free of charge, free of effort, free of any expenditure of your energy. (laughs) I know that the modern world has led us to believe that we should experience this, like that things should just be handed to us. I know a lot of us, I myself, struggle (laughs) with the hope, the wish, sometimes the unrecognized expectation that life should just be like that, right? And then when it's not, it's unfair. (laughs) But guess what? Fair or unfair, however you think about it now, that's just the way it is. Change requires you to take action. So one of the things that I see keeping people from taking action is the way that they're thinking about their situation and the way that we easily reason or minimize the challenges that we're experiencing. And the way that we can do that is because it makes sense to us because it's familiar to us. So this is how we get stuck in situations that we don't like. We get drawn into them. We get mesmerized by that sensation of safety in what is familiar, right? Our brain goes, ooh, that's an easier route. Just stay, keep things as they are. Don't rock the boat. Yeah, that's better. It feels like that. We get mesmerized by that false sense of security. And one of the ways to to get yourself out from being transfixed by that is to get clarity. So you look at what are you thinking? What do you say to other people? What do you say to yourself? What do you think to yourself? And the way to get clarity is to write it down. If you don't write it down, if you just try and figure it out in your mind, it won't work. You have to get that distance from it and you have to slow things down. Anytime your nervous system is learning something new, you need to slow it down. I heard this the other day and I thought it was a perfect analogy. You know, um, Tai Chi masters and martial art masters, they practice in slow motion. They practice moving slowly and you, you never see a, usually when you see somebody practicing their Tai Chi or their martial art, it's often very slow and methodical. But then in the moment when it's applied, it's like super quick, lightning fast. And it's because they lay down those, that learning in their nervous system where the nervous system, at a pace where the nervous system can track and get clear about all the finer details about how to make that work. It's the same when you're getting clarity on your thoughts. Your thoughts go so quickly and they spin so fast before you can snap your fingers, you've had 10 thoughts (laughs) and they have 10 associations and it's done. So you have to slow it down. And the, the best way that I know how to do that is to take a pen in your hand and to take a piece of paper and get yourself to write it out. And what you'll find when you write down your thoughts is a lot of information about why you aren't taking action 
decisive action. Not just little bitty, you know, here and there, a little bit here, a little bit, two minutes of mindfulness and no, serious, decisive, committed, dedicated action to get the change that you want. You will know why when you see and get clear on what you're thinking. So give yourself that opportunity and don't shy away from the truth of what you read or think. Don't try and paint a pretty picture for yourself. Get real because you don't want to, you know, gloss over what's real. You want to know what's real. You want that clarity. That's what will help you to move forward. No judgment. There's no judgment necessary. It's just clarity. You don't need judgment mixed in with clarity. Judgment doesn't bring clarity. It closes us down. It shuts us off from clarity. Yeah. So we just look and we just see, we just observe plainly, simply. You're the scientist and the subject, (laughs) the student and the teacher. Yeah. So in my experience, what kept me from getting better more quickly was not realizing that I was experiencing chronic pain. So then I wasn't looking in those areas where I could have found help. Um, that, that was one thing you might be beyond that because you're here listening to this podcast. And then the question is, what is stopping you from taking further action beyond listening to the podcast in any way that I may have suggested? Have you followed through with some of the activities that I've offered, some of the the tools and techniques that I've offered? Are you continuing to follow through with that? What's stopping you there? And really getting clear on, on, again, your thinking around what your options are. Your thinking around what's possible for you. How you are um, defining your situation by default without even realizing it. The other thing that was affecting me was the belief that I should be able to take care of it myself that I should be able to resolve it somehow. And for myself, that was really specific to the fact that I was a Feldenkrais practitioner, which is a method that many people come to after nothing else has helped and they finally get relief, right? So I was like, if I have this experience and this qualification, I shouldn't need to go get help elsewhere. And that was a really big one for me. And you might be experiencing that in yourself in some other shape or form because I know what added to that is this general vision of myself, this general kind of self-image that included the thought that if I got help, then I somehow didn't, the results weren't as valuable. They weren't as I didn't have ownership over the results. So that lessened their value in my warped, (laughs) distorted thinking. 
<laughs> which is crazy because it's just bizarre, you know, how our minds spin these narratives. So for me, it was like I needed to, to do it for myself. And in the end of the day, I did a lot for myself, but I got a lot of help and I continue to get the help that I need and to apply that help. So I get the help, I get the information, I get the, the source, but I apply it. I am the one who takes independent action around that input from the people that I get help from. So I've realized that not only is it valuable, but I am still an independent agent <laughs> in the sense that I am in the driver's seat of my, of my life. And that's valuable to me in and of itself. That's important to me. Um, and those are the kinds of thoughts that can, without us realizing it, without us inquiring into how we are thinking about our situation, can keep us stuck. Now, the last thing I'll mention here is kind of a little bit harder to pin down, but I'll try and explain it and you see how it lands for you. So when I think back to those situations, when I was really stuck in this place with chronic pain and trying to deal with it, I know that I kept going back to a similar place in my brain. And the way that I experience that is that it literally feels like the same physical location that I go to <laughs> when I am stuck. Like in my mind, it's sort of, you know, it's in my head and it's sort of back behind my eyes and a little bit to the right and kind of high up but not super high it's kind of somewhere around there where I can I almost look to you know where my eyes and my focus and my imagination my attention kind of goes inward and to this same place <laughs> and I've over the years I've learned to recognize that oh this is my stuck place this is the place where I go when a change needs to be made and I'm resisting that change for some reason or another and I'm trying to, um, the way that I'm resisting that change is I'm trying to figure it out by myself in this way, yeah? And so I've learned to recognize the subtle details of what resistance looks like in my body and in my sense of myself. And now this is maybe, see where you're at. So this says, this might, you might be like having a light bulb moment right now, or you might have a light bulb moment later this week as you, you know, kind of consider that. How does resistance act out or manifest in your body or in your sense of yourself, your sensation? Can you sense the details, the subtleties of resistance in yourself, in your body, 
in your energy, in your breath, however you might feel it. Emphasis on the feel. (laughs) How does resistance manifest in you? Can you identify it? Can you recognize it? And can you allow it openly? So you feel the resistance without denying it. Let it be as it is. Just allow yourself to acknowledge it. Oh, that's happening. Oh, here it is. And remember, judgment obscures clarity. Right? We don't want to be right or good people. We want to be clear and aware. So that's my task for you. I'm assigning you. (laughs) Are you resisting being assigned a task? I know I would. (laughs) Or are you taking it on joyfully? Like, yay, a task. I love tasks. (laughs) I have a pattern to get excited about the task and do, oh, I'll do the task. (laughs) I'll do it. Just something to do. And fail to follow through, see the task through all the way to the end. And then I resist coming back to it because I already feel like I've failed. (laughs) That's my pattern. (laughs) And the awareness of my pattern helps me to have a clearer mind around it. So instead of going into, oh, I'm a failure. Look at me. I failed yet again. Blah, 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 blah. Same old story. I go, oh, that's interesting. I didn't complete that task. Um, do I want to now? And it's really simple (laughs) or not, right? Instead of taking myself down into the tunnel of darkness. (laughs) So we like awareness. We like awareness for all of our, uh, I say faults in quotes and all of everything. We want awareness about all of that. So that's the task that I give you for this week. And when you write it down, give yourself a moment and sit with it, right? So make sure you don't have to go rush off and do something else. Take care of somebody else immediately after. Give yourself time and space where you can actually be present to what it is that you get out and that you observe. Allow yourself space to observe. So again, it's not just that you slow your thoughts down by writing, but give yourself some time to remain in that space of slowing down your activity so that you can just be present to, you know, to what you see and present in that space. And when you give yourself that time, cool things will happen. Magical things will happen. It feels magical. It feels revelatory and that's fun. And you want it to be fun. You want it to be inspiring and enjoyable. Not a drag. Nobody's going to follow through on a drag. (laughs) Nobody should. So make it nice. And the way to do that is to give yourself time and space. Plenty of it. All right. Have a wonderful week. Enjoy this task. Let me know how it goes for you. And I will see you soon.
Thanks for listening in. I hope you found some good stuff in this episode. Remember to utilize our free resource on movetonourish.com, which is a free self-assessment for mind-body pain. You can find out so much about your situation and yourself just by doing a simple self-assessment. If you want to book a free one-to-one consult with me to find out if I can help you, you'll find a link for that in the show notes. And join us in the Facebook group where we hang out and support each other. And last but not least, wherever you are listening to this podcast on whatever platform, there should be a simple way to leave a review. They usually make it pretty simple these days. Be super awesome if you took five seconds and clicked here, tapped there, <laughs> tippy tap till you find the little place. And all you got to do is tap again to hit some stars. You don't even have to type in if you don't want to. It would be so awesome if you could do that. It helps the podcast get out to more listeners and it helps me know that you're there. Have a wonderful week. I'll see you soon.